Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 131. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with Andy Mayer of the band Opponent. Um, had a great time talking to this dude, and really think that this is a, another one of those bands that I tell you guys just about every week. Um, you need to put them on your fucking radar. Uh, they just signed to Solid State Records. They just dropped their album Sentinel. We talk about all that and so much more. Um, it's just this really cool story that he's got for the band formation and kind of how things have come to fruition and uh, sort of, you know, manifested over the last two years. Um, so, you know, I think it's something that a lot of people are going to be into. Uh, the album that is, uh, it's got a little bit of everything. Um, and yeah, it's on my list of albums that I'm showing as many people as I possibly can, uh, whether they want to hear it or not. So let's just dive into this guys. This is my conversation with Andy Mayer of the band opponent start off with the same boring ass question every time for those that aren't familiar with you who are you what do you do and kind of why are we having this conversation yeah my name is andy mayer i started the band opponent uh, we are a metal band from seattle and we're here today to talk about the release of our first record on solid state records sentinel i'm super excited to talk about why we made it why we play music, right? Why, why music is awesome and other random shit. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about that first with the joining of Solid State Records. Um, obviously, Solid State is a, a record label that carries a lot of fucking weight. You know, like they've got a name behind them. What was it like going into those kind of initial talks and then deciding on a deal with them? Well, yeah, it carries a lot of weight. There's a lot of history that we're stepping into, and uh, we don't step into that lightly. Um, but we didn't really know what getting signed even means. And like, as all of us are doing this, like we started this band like when I was 28. My dad got diagnosed with cancer, and that like brought my passion for music, which was on a back burner, to the front burner. And yeah. so I think what makes our story quite a bit different than the traditional like grind it out as like early 20 somethings and then hopefully get picked up is like we are guys that have built our lives and then came around to making music I, it's not really later like late in life or anything like that but even like late 20s like for metal is is later you know and yeah. so we we didn't even know what getting signed means like we honestly didn't even know any of those mechanics or have any of those dreams necessarily we just knew that we didn't we couldn't not make music you know right so when COVID hit in 2020 it was we had already planned on building a studio I'm looking at it it's in my backyard it's 15 feet by 20 feet like drum recording studio and like we all we just poured our our money and our time into like building a space that we knew that we could make anything happen in 
and like we didn't have any goals with the band necessarily it was just like we knew what we weren't going to do which was not make music not build a studio not like we just kind of wanted to like eat our vegetables when it comes to this stuff of like we're going to write songs we're going to buy lots of guitars we're going to play half of them <laughs> you know we're we're going to like all the things right and then and then it was when we were building the studio that my phone rang about a record deal and so i honestly didn't even cross our minds and it wasn't something that we were like shooting for it was just something that it was kind of a if you build it they will come um scenario um so that yeah. was that's kind of our story yeah that's awesome man uh for those that don't get that reference that's a field of dreams reference and yeah. it's amazing so a plus <laughs> on that bud um, <laughs> Uh, the thing that you said that I also thought was really funny was that, you know, buying a bunch of guitars and only playing half of them. I don't think casual fans, especially truly understand that side of it. Like the amount of money that goes into equipment that ends up being played like one time finding out, Oh, that's got a shit tone that I don't really want to mess with and getting put on the shelf is incredible. Yeah. And it's, it's to even further that kick to the balls, like, we didn't record our album in the studio that we built, you know, <laughs> that we dumped yeah. all of our life savings into building. Like once we got into production with solid state and they absolutely schooled us on like production, you know, and helped us really understand like what that really is these days. Like, you know, you, you buy so much stuff and try things out at the end of the day, like what you're really after is the best possible product, not, you know, a justification for a, a certain purchase. So I think it, it, we had to like put a lot of things that we were attached to like down and go like, well, not going to use that pedal or well, I'm not going to use that. You know, we did end up using the studio for certain things, but for what we originally thought it was going to be used for, you know, you, you just, you're kind of a slave to the song and whatever the song is calling for and whatever the most world-class tools at our fingertips and especially with the advantage of being on solid state having access to the most world-class production environment possible um you kind of realize like oh we're new to this uh on the production side and we should just focus on being songwriters and musicians and uh, from our production side you really gotta let go of your favorite toy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, you know, as a, like you said, you guys didn't necessarily go through the long-term DIY grind it out, but like, especially as a DIY band where you are used to kind of doing your own post-production and figuring things out on your own to then be like, Hey, here's the idea and have the support of a record label that can go cool. We can do that without you having to to do all that crap that you used to, you know, like just come over mm -hmm. and, and we'll get you set up. Yeah. And there's a mountain of, you know, bad ideas behind us to get to this point that, you know, no one will ever hear unless we put together some kind of ultra, Hey, this was where we came from thing or something. But honestly, it's something we talk about amongst ourselves a lot of just like how, how many scrapped ideas you have to go through to get to something that you're proud of. Yeah. Um, but, and we can talk about it a little bit more, but I think that that's why our process that we our our process that we've really kind of arrived at now kind of saves us from 
having so much waste. And I think that's that's been just an amazing uh, eye-opening journey to realize that when you build things with purpose, like there's not a whole lot left over. Like we built the studio, there's a little bit of scrap wood left over for like, you know, making fires out in the back backyard. Right. But there's not like semi trucks worth of leftover wood you know it's if when you when you know what you're building and you know why you're building it and you do that with purpose like there's very little waste if any you know yeah yeah absolutely and i think that's one of those things too like you know the that saying the best laid plans often go to waste but at the same time like if you aren't intentional with the thought process or the design whether we're talking song structure or, you know, obviously building a studio, like if you're not intentional with it, you're going to waste a lot of time and money when you could have just sat down taking an extra 30 minutes and went, cool, this only needs to be an eight foot board, not a, you know, 12 and a half foot board or whatever. Oh, hundred uh, percent. When you're doing all that. Yeah. It's like carpentry. It's like, is this a cabinet or a desk, you know? And like, yeah, you should probably decide that before you start cutting stuff, you know? And same thing with, you know, for us, we treated, you know, even the band name, the album name, like everything has like a, a very like signature purpose behind it. And the goal is to not force our life experience on someone else, but give tools to sort of explore, um, you know, the same kind of themes that we struggle with, go through in life, blah, 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 like kind of give a, an exercise gym for those themes that we can work out together. But it's, it's, it's really, you know, our band name doesn't mean nothing. The album title doesn't mean nothing. Those track names don't mean nothing. The lyrics don't mean nothing. It's not a bunch of random stuff we thought was cool. It's a bunch of stuff that like, even as a new parent, I'm like, I'm not really interested in wasting time anymore. I'm interested in building things that last and I'm interested in handing down like solid things to whoever is willing or interested in consuming our art like it should be on a surface level enjoyable but then on a deep level useful and then i think that's kind of like unless we have like a solid idea for an album or or a song like we don't really roll up our sleeves until we're like that's the idea because it costs time it costs money it costs you know these conversations you know and now being on a label there's other professionals that are getting involved and it's like, we better be every, every move we make needs to count now. Otherwise we're wasting our own time, somebody else's time. And yeah, it's art and it's meant to be fun and cathartic and like all that stuff, but like, why not have it be fun and build things purposefully at the same time? It's you, you know, that's a win-win scenario to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like you said, you know, like being the new dad yourself, it's like as much as maybe you want to spend six hours on a Saturday, just chilling and jamming. It's like, I don't have six hours to do that anymore. You know, I've, (laughs) I've got to block off a specific amount of time. I can be away from the wife and the baby for 45 minutes, guys, let's go knock this out. Yeah. And, and, and even blue sky, like dreaming and having, and having that space where, you know, don't get me wrong. It's like, I, I don't want to 
give off this vibe that everything I do has rules or something, but there's, there's this, there's a space in time where anything's possible. And I love that space too, where you're going, I wonder we could go that way. We could do this way. We could do that. But the more that you can make the decisions at the front end and then decide what it is that you're setting out to do, um, the more when you really need that, that boost of energy, or you need another yeah. reason to keep pushing or, okay, you're six tracks in, and like you need to write track seven right now, like you're going to need energy to pull from and to have a gas tank to draw from and having like a solid like purpose and a, and a like secure like why behind what you're doing makes you go, yep, that's why I'm doing that. And then you just wham right into that problem. And that's what actually makes it fun to me because like kind of generating anything just because i'm trying to be cool like it, it, at this point it that literally doesn't sound as fun to me as like say going back to carpentry like i legitimately i build my own pedal board i build my own you know my i built my desk like i like to build yeah. things from scratch for per, for a purpose and like that is that is my version of fun you know um like yeah. trying to kind of get away from doing things with purpose, like actually doesn't sound fun to me. That's not, it doesn't add anything to my, but like doing yeah. something and doing it well, like that literally, that is my version of, of relaxing, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, it, it's just those things with, within humanity, right? Everybody has different uh, releases, if you will, whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, there are a lot of people that are, more of the the escapism style that okay i just have to go do this fun thing to get away from real life mm -hmm. but there is something to be said about like what you're talking about where it's more of like a project based or a completionist type thing like i need to to complete this thing and create this thing and i'll feel fulfilled through knowing that i spent my time wisely and you know mm -hmm. kind of was able to create within my time yeah and I kind of like I knew that there was a lot of insecurity in front of me of like I want to do music but I also don't consider myself like a cool enough person to be the guy <laughs> on stage and to be in that club you know and so right once I realized like it was it wasn't so much a realization like honestly I attribute a lot of this to Ryan Clark who is a is really is a close friend a close friend of mine and at a show you know, told me as we were at a show together in Seattle and it was like, you know, when you're yelling at each other, at, you know, at a show, like, <laughs> sounds yeah. pretty good, you know, but like when I was starting the band, I was like, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still at the point where I don't really like my voice yet, you know, while this band was blasting, you know, and he just was like, no one does, you just got to do it. And, and I was <laughs> like, that's when it hit me like, oh, I'm not, I'm waiting for somebody to tell me that I'm good enough to do this. And like, and pretty much like Ryan is the guy that told me like, you can do it. But it wasn't, it wasn't so much like I, like I, his message to me was like, you need to like give yourself the permission to do this. And that's right. why the, the name opponent like was kind of on, on a list or something. But I was like, that's the name because I'm going like, I am my own worst enemy when it comes to this. And so I knew that the mountain that I wanted to climb for fun in quotes 
<laughs> but also like my next mission in life like that I will accomplish is like overcoming whatever insecurity it takes for me to be that guy on stage that I don't think is cool enough to be there you know to to flip the script and go like I don't want to add to a culture of musicians where here's us up here and then here's you the crowd down here like right. I want I want to be one of those guys from the crowd that came from the crowd to the stage and to basically like try to level the playing field with all this stuff and go like if you want to do this you can it's just a lot of hard work and you don't really know what you're capable of unless you really fully try but you can't really fully try unless you address your own insecurities your own enemy so i felt like well me versus myself i wanted a word that was like adversary fighting you know and yeah. like i was talking with my buddy austin i brought this just to show you but this is like our first poster um my my buddy yeah, austin drew this and uh it's like you know it's a skeleton fighting the grim reaper which is just funny but yeah, but it also means something. It's like, you know, there's like a pile of skulls underneath there, but yeah. it's, it's just like, we just don't, we, we build our own limits and we live within those limits. And if, unless you're challenging what limits you've imposed on yourself, you're not really going to see what you can do. So I just, uh, yeah. that, that's where I was like, oh, okay. I, I need to stop hesitating. And then that's when we really kind of you know, okay, all in, you know, all the guys, all, you know, because until then it was like dabbling, you know, we got a jam every once in a while, a few Saturdays with the jam and so whatever. Right. But then when it became clear, like, this is our task, we're all going to overcome whatever obstacle is in our way to get to do this. It was like, everybody fired the afterburners all at once. And it was like, this is our band name. This is what we're doing. And it's going to be a freaking crater behind us by the time we're done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, you know, I, it's, it's imposter syndrome, right? You know, not feeling like you're good enough. And like you said, it's 99% of the time with the barriers that we build ourselves. Um, you know, I've been doing music journalism for 18, almost 19 years now. Wow. And I couldn't tell you how many times I've had that where, but hell, just recently I interviewed Maddie Mullins. And even when I got that confirmed and everything, like, again, I've, I've talked to him at Warp Tour before, you know, like I've, I've done all this with him before, mm -hmm. but it was that moment of like, fuck, like, am I cool enough to, to mm -hmm. have Maddie on? Like they've blown up so much since the last time I talked to him or whatever. And it's like, like you're saying, I kind of just had to hit that button and go get the fuck out of my own way. Like let right. me live. And 100%. I can do this thing. Love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, Obviously, you just kind of told us where the, the band name came from. Let's talk about the album now, man. Uh, sent oh, did I lose you? What does it actually mean for you? Yeah. So as I was saying, when we built the studio, that's when Solid State called us. And then it was like, oh, we, we got to like deliver a, an actual album now, you know? And so I, I felt, and by that time we had created Illusions, which was self-produced mm -hmm. and um, which I just, side note, I love listening to how much better um, Sentinel sounds and Illusions, it's bonkers. Um, that's what happens yeah. when actual pros get involved. Um, but it was sort of like, okay, we, how do we introduce this idea 
of opponent into the world in the best possible way, you know? But as I was building this physical box around myself, like shoving insulation into the walls and like we're building like a room within a room so that the drums are like quiet from the outside and like researching all the stuff that has to go into making a proper like audio studio. Yeah. Like I was building a domain around myself and as a songwriter and as a metaphor metaphorical thinker, as a creative person, I was like, this is like a giant metaphor for like my reality that I construct around myself is my limits, you know? Yeah. And they expand a little bit, but I was like, also at, at work going through a lot of like diversity inclusion training and like a lot of the words and verbiage in there was like, you're in a, you're in a box. You didn't know it. You were in a box. Here's tools to get outside of the box as I was yeah. building a literal box. And I was like, this is like, something's happening here and I need to like, understand it and quantify it and and so at that point obviously i was like still songwriting and writing songs and stuff but it was like this this thing is happening where i'm in a box where's the exit you know and i and i just i just built the actual door for, to put a literal door in there and there wasn't a door yet and i just like i remember looking out that door and i just like standing there i have a picture of it but i'm just like covered in sawdust and look like shit because i've just been you know building and building but i was like envisioning like almost like a ring wraith like guarding that exit and like what would happen if i walked up to that exit if i was courageous enough to walk to the exit of my domain and if i got close enough to look into that who is that ring wraith how scary would it be if you saw it was your own face yeah and i'm just like that's it like there's there's a there is an exit but who guards that exit is it someone in your life that's actually oppressing you or is it yourself and i would just like i for 99 times out of 100 you know yeah there's there's very real evil in this world and there's very real oppression but for the vast majority of us like we are the we are the ones that stand in our own way and trap ourselves in our own tombs and so yeah. i just i was like i need to find a word for like guardian or like you know some kind of badass word that like describes like a guardian of an exit or a tomb and i would and i thought about um you know it's a, there's a real job title sentinel um who like you know the the soldiers that guard the two and the unknown soldiers are like called sentinels. Yeah. Like when, when we, when we build our own, our own limitations, we're also digging our own graves in that sense. And so it's like our future that we could have outside of our own limits. There is no future, you know? So that's a sort of tomb. So I'm like a, a guardian of a tomb is called a sentinel. So let's do sentinel. Um, so then it was like, well, that's it. And so, so then that idea, I took that to the band and everybody was like, thumbs up. Cool, man. Like, can we play, can we play music now? <laughs> and like, we talked about, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but just kind of jumped straight into like, that's a cool framework. And we had some cool talks over beers, like in jamming and like, well, what if this, what if that? And we kind of just came up with this idea of like, well, why don't we just take a whole journey? Cause at this point when you're doing this, basically at a professional level 
like you got to deliver something and so like i needed right. a, a, a blueprint for an album because i can't just say can't hang up the phone and be like yep we'll deliver the phone we'll deliver the album on such and such month and then not have a plan to build you know yeah my dad's an engineer and like that's the first thing he taught me growing up is like if you know if the plan is not a good plan how in the world is this going to be a good structure so um the journey was pretty much like okay you're you're trapped in a room you think that you're betrayed by everyone and everyone else around you um you catch a glimpse of this being that is yourself and you run away from that and then you cower in the corner um just unable to pull yourself up to to face that um you feel completely forgotten yet you keep running and then you realize like i'm just afraid of my own shadow and then you approach that person um for to face your rival and then you you cross that threshold um to remember what you've gone through and like there's all that there's there's 10 things mm -hmm. um 10 pillars that could begin to become the framework for the album so it was like well why don't we just write a story like that it's sort of like a metaphorical um journey and like that's that's the flow of the album so then once we kind of had that blueprint then we could really like spread our wings on each one of those songs and so it's a very like engineer build a bridge like way of building an album and it's it's not the most artistic thing in the world but i would say it worked and it and it also built you know it gave us purpose for why we were building each individual thing and each time we would you know pick up a riff be like what what song was it would this be good for that kind of makes me think of that other idea and so it gave us it gave us places to to hold ideas and then it, when it came to like oh let's write track seven we weren't doing that from nothing we were digging from that pot of ideas and going like well we've already got carrots we've already got you know potatoes we've already got chicken in this bucket let's just make this soup you know so it yeah. was it was like it was just a, it was just a way to build and to you know to to put meat on the bone because we started with having something to say which i will say completely is a direct result from this book that I read um, called Invisible Ink, which is a screenwriting book. Um, Brian McDonald wrote it. Um, he's a good friend of mine and I now work with him. Um, but but that inversion of, oh, just build whatever and hopefully it's good, um, flipped after reading his book was to like, the hardest part of the process is deciding what you wanna build. You know, and then right. that once once you decide what you want to build, then now you can actually like frame it out. Same thing with the studio. You know, I can't just like start throwing down wood and screws and hopefully some good thing makes itself in front of my. You know, there, there's that's a that's a different art form. But that's not that's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in right. building something that lasts for a purpose. So I better decide on the, on the front end what I'm building. Yeah, no, and I think that goes to like, especially using the the studio that you built as part of it, like <clears throat> that goes to like, cool, you know, it's 15 by 20 now, but if I would have built that as a 10 by 10, I wouldn't have room to do the things that I need to do. Yeah. So, you know, it's much harder to add on to things versus to plan and build that space to suit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and because the big idea, once you've got the big idea kind of like done, now when you get into like detail stuff, you can like make super ornate, you know, like 
how do we transition this bridge into this chorus idea? Or like, what if we did a double chorus, but the second chorus is like, is like an alternate version of itself. Like you can really get in there and start having fun because like you're, you're climbing around on a solid framework that you know holds water. And then you can, you know, it's like, it's like anything that you, if somebody commissions you to make something, you better accomplish what it is they ask you to make first. And then like on the way out, if you've accomplished the purpose of that, why not spend extra time and make, you know, designs on the table legs? Why not? Yeah. Why not like give them an extra leaf to extend the table? Why not? You know, so I, I think a lot after everything that I'm building, just because it has to be, it has to hold water um, from a conceptual standpoint. Um, yeah. It gives you the opportunity to rabbit trail, but then have those rabbit trails um, be things that are, that actually end up on the final product versus a bunch of stuff that, uh, let's just, you know, put out a, another album of all the stuff we didn't use. Cause every time I listen to a band that I love who puts out an album of the stuff they didn't use, I, I, I don't know about you. I, I sound like an asshole saying this, but I'm like, I can kind of see why you didn't use that, you know? Yeah. And so I just like, I'm not really interested in, in wasting that much material. And in this case, material is time, it's money, it's, you know, your life. So. Yeah, no, I, I a hundred percent agree. I honestly, like, I couldn't even think right now, if you were to gun to my head, name a B side that you like better than the original, it's like, uh, there isn't one, you know, there's a reason that it was the B side is because it wasn't good enough for them either. Yeah. And it's fun. And I, you know, I love listening to any, give me scrap of, you know, Led Zeppelin just talking during practice or something. And that's gold to me, but it's also clues to how they built what they put out. You know, it's, it's just, that's just like Easter egg stuff. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's just, it's more satisfying. It's more fun. It feels better when you're creating something that you that you are committed to you know it's like anything you don't get the benefit without the full commitment yeah absolutely um <clears throat> let's dive into some of the songs so you said earlier i think you're kind of on the same page as me something i don't do anymore is i don't ask specifics about a song anymore because i don't want to take away the meaning that somebody may attach to it mm -hmm. and it sounds kind of like you're the same where it's like it, I don't want to push the the event that I went through onto someone, but I want them to have something carry them through their event. Um, so without, you know, having to tell the exact story, unless it's absolutely necessary for your uh, synopsis here, um, get into the title track a little bit. So Sentinel is, is the second song, uh, but obviously the one that was named uh, for the album. What's this kind of structurally and, and, conceptually what does this song mean to you i love talking about this song like i literally got chills up my back because it was the first time i let myself speak in character as my enemy to myself you know so these lyrics yeah. you will stay in the fate that i've made delivered by my own two hands fear and shame grips you can't escape your life is plagued by my plans like these are like, that's, that is, is real oppression to live under, you know? And so I, yeah. 
I sort of embodied, like I, I grew up acting in theater and, you know, it was like in, in music band, Secret Garden, like Tiny Tim, like a lot of these like experiences in my life growing up were on a stage being a character. And as you become an adult and you sort of, you know, get married and do all the things you are, you, you do as an adult, like you, you kind of, you're yourself, but like it was the, the Sentinel was the first time that I really was like, I'm going to give words to this thing. You know, I'm going to like yeah. be the ring wraith for yeah. a second and like talk to myself as the oppressor. And it was honestly, like I was really conflicted in that writing process. It sounds overdramatic, but I was almost like afraid of like what would happen to me if I fully let myself like become that oppressor like yeah. a, a legitimately it's like the only time that I felt scared while writing a song which I it sounds like I'm trying to like hype my album up so that you go listen to it but I was like legitimately scared like I don't know what will happen to me if I like let myself talk like in from that voice you know so for me it was just like you're never going to go anywhere. You're never going to do anything with your life. You're never going to ever be who you want to be. Yeah. And like, just take a minute. And like, I honestly would encourage anybody listening to this, like, just go there and just let yourself vocalize like what you're living under. And I think you'll be, you'll kind of be shocked at how empty those threats are you know and so it was it just kind of a song speaking and there's there's kind of two voices talking back back and forth to each other so i kind of as i was doing more research about thought that's been done in this area obviously i'm not a therapist or any of that but it's like you know the shadow self is like a lot of um terminology around you know your your shadow self and 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 uh, talking kind of as the oppressed person versus the oppressor. There's the the opponent, the battles happening. Like you can see in our logo, like flip the P, like the second P is backwards. Right. There's the reason why the P is backwards is because it's wrong. You know, um, there's a right voice versus a wrong voice, and and so Sentinel was was, you know, turn your face away from me was like, pretty much like, you're not worthy enough to even look at me, you know? Right. And so like, there's just a lot, there's a lot of like, just it, you don't really, have, I didn't have to dig that deep for those words. It was just more like, this is what I'm sort of living under that I'm not really vocalizing. It's just how this is there all the time. So, um, and then the, the yeah. oppressed voice kind of jumps out every once in a while and kind of gets let out like a, a little prisoner every once in a while. But that's the idea for that song. Yeah, no. And I, I, I mean, I get why you say that you feel like maybe you're trying to be a little overdramatic with it, but I think there's, there's power to it because it's, it is a, a very common thing for the vast majority of society to have that voice in their head that is talking negatively to them about different things or whatever um, and you know, it, it, again, not a therapist myself either, but there's something a little scary, but powerful about giving too much room to those thoughts and yeah. really exploring them. 
But like you said, I think if you do it, obviously within whatever safe confines you need as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think if you do it, like you said, you're going to find that like, hey, you're not good enough. Okay, but why? And then there's no answer as to why. Exactly. Just a chain that you put on yourself. Totally. It's a bully at school. that's like, I'm going to beat your ass. And you're like, okay, what time? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you'll know. And it's like, he never, he never shows up. You know, it's all empty. It's empty promises to get you to stay exactly where you are. You yeah. Know, that's just, that's how it goes. That's how threatening works. Like, I'm not going to get into politics right now, but global <laughs> war conflicts, like there's a lot of if you do that, I'm going to beat your ass. And it's like, okay, man, go for it. And then right. they never do. They never do, you know? Yeah. Um, but musically, I'll say um, kind of just a more surface level, cool thing that happened musically with Sentinel was I was drawing a skull laying down, um, like almost like a, like what's the outline of a skull? And I mm-hmm. like was like, oh, that'd be interesting if that was a graph of a melody. So like even that first that's like actually the out like if you were to put look at that on sheet music, it kind of sculpts the outline of a skull. So like that, even thinking about like needing a melody, I started with a visual and I was like, well, what's that in terms of a guitar? And it was like I know that real real guitar players are going to get mad at me for doing this, but I don't care anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, I I will, you know, and then even now, like now that I'm good friends with, now that I'm deep in it, and you know, I'm not going to name names, but like r- guitar players that I super respect that I will never be that level virtuoso. They're like, that's pretty cool, man, that you just went, you know, fret one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. It's like, Really? Yeah. You thought that was cool? Because that was me just drawing, you know? So that's how that happened. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is super dope. But I think also, like, it's kind of that as music has evolved so much over the years, you know, over the decades, like, taking it back to a very simplistic concept and saying, like, okay, everybody does something crazy, but what if I do the quote-unquote basics Mm-hmm. just with a little bit of flair and mm-hmm. you know that's what you're describing now yeah and i got into playing music as a 16 year old like playing seek and destroy with my friend jonathan who introduced me to metallica all of this like i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for jonathan showing me that music but like it's seek and destroy is easy enough to play that we actually started playing music you know and so like my also another goal that's like embedded in all of this is like i want a teenager to be able to play what I'm playing. And like, that's actually starting to happen. Like I got a message from my friend Patrick and his teenage son, like did a full cover of, of our song pitfall. Like he literally learned the drums. He learned this, he does this. And like, now I listen to that song. I'm like, wow, that's before I learned anything about production. That's, it sounds awful. But the fact that a teenager was inspired enough to pick up a guitar to literally like play the whole thing himself like that is that's a win yeah for sure and especially like correct me if i'm wrong but it's not like you guys have put out the tabs or the sheet music for it either like it's no learning it by ear and going okay cool i know what they're doing here yeah and that's so sweet like that's why i i i 
I play all the Metallica songs, quote unquote, wrong. Like I'm not the guy that looks up the tabs and plays it to the T. I have a huge respect for that. But at the end of the day, it's metal. And like the reason why we're here is to say, fuck the rules, you know? And so I'm just like, if you want to play, like there's a guy that's going to start playing with us a little bit more. And like he plays our, he plays my riffs slightly differently. And I'm just like, that's kind of sweet what he's doing there. Like, why would I get in the way of that? You know? Free jazz. Like, all the notes don't have to be exactly right to make something amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And that's the beauty of having purpose in what you're doing is anyone else who steps into it is going to have their own take on it. And that is just value back for all of us, you know, how somebody interprets, even, even how I have such a, you know, distinct purpose for my songs. Like if somebody interprets one of my songs slightly different and it still moves them to, you know, challenge themselves in a way that I wasn't intending, that's, that's better than, no, you were supposed to be challenged in this way. Right. (laughs) Okay. Just what we're after here is just, is just seeing what we're capable of. And as a listener, sometimes people are, you know, they, they expand what they're capable of as a listener. And I've grown to appreciate that as its own skill. And so I love when, when people are advanced in their like listening capabilities and they're able to take away something from a song that the writer like didn't exactly intend. But when the writer hears that, they're like, that's amazing. You just added something incredible to my life. And I'm going to go write this other song about that. You know, it's just, it never ends. Yeah. Um, I've referenced it a few times on the, on the podcast, but you just reminded me of exactly this interaction that happened between Dave Grohl and Kelly Clarkson on her show. Uh, so they were talking about the song Learn to Fly and Kelly's all thinking that it's like this super deep metaphorical song, right? And she thinks that it's about like some sort of spiritual awakening or whatever. And she tells Dave that and he's like, oh, that's that's really cool. No, it was about me wanting to get my fucking pilot's license. Like he literally wanted to learn how to fly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But what she was saying was also true. Like okay. it's like that, like that. Uh, All right. I lost you. Sorry. My back. Oh, I'm back. Are you now? Okay. Yep. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's a hundred percent right though. Like, and there's a, I'll have to paraphrase it cause I don't remember the exact quote, but Dave has said before too, like one of his favorite things about writing music is that he can write it with the intent of one thing or to get him through one thing. But the second that he plays it, it means a thousand different things to a thousand different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that can happen. Um, and it's, that's magic when that happens. Um, I just always, I, I also just find that I have the long, like the long-term energy it takes to complete huge undertakings like albums or, or, you know, even just one song is a huge undertaking. Um, it's going to take you many days to do that, many weeks to do that. 
many months, sometimes years, sometimes decades to do it. And so having a place to come back to, to draw energy from, to keep scooping out of a go. Yeah. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Um, that's why I'm so thankful we were able to discover our band name, opponent, the album, you know, the album title, Sentinel. It gave us a home base to return to, to go, why are we here again? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. This is, that's okay. I have something to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another one that I wanted to get into a little bit is reflection. Um, you kind of touched on it when you were naming, you know, these things as your pillars, uh, as you were building the album, but like, to me, that was one of those songs that it's a little on the nose in the sense that, you know, the title says exactly what you're supposed to do during this song. Um, but again, like story-wise, I don't want to say that it's a, it's not a conceptual album in the same way that like Coheed and Cambria write the Amori Wars or anything like that necessarily, mm -hmm. but it is a very cinematically conceptual album. So it gives you kind of that reprise to reflect on what's happened so far, where, where's the next step for this? Yeah. And my favorite part about reflection is that the opening is just like kind of straight thrashy, almost hardcore. I don't even know how to describe that riff, but it's just, it's one thing. And then halfway through it, it has that, you know, one, two, three, four, damn, you know, and then it expands into something way more mature. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that that song is one of my favorites um, because of that sort of duality that it has. And then it obviously comes back to what it was in the beginning, but um, that middle section in reflection is also a space um, to kind of start asking questions, you know, not just force feeding ideas to people, but to be like, well, am I going to be in this place forever? You know, and like, it's a sort of like, you know, it, that song hits you out of the gate um, fast and it's, you know, fast and it is intended to kind of shred things up. Um, but then it kind of takes a breath to, to ask questions and to step back from all of it and go, wow, am I, am I going to be trapped in this place forever? Am I going, or am I going to have the courage to go before this thing's thrown? You know, is this my fate? I cannot escape. I can't fall prey to his kind, you know, like that, all those like sort of existential questions that we ask ourselves in those moments of, of being so afraid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, not a therapist by any means, but it's kind of that thought of like, until you ask those questions and challenge yourself to say like, I've had enough of being in this place. It's time to move forward, whatever that looks like, or, you know, to, to redirect whatever energy I need to like, that's when in your, your life, your personal growth, that spark to the fire happens. And it's like, okay, now, now I've got passion. I've got motivation. I can do these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think there's such power in asking the right questions. I was talking to somebody else about this recently, that the best people in my life are the ones that ask me the best questions. You know, and I think that that's the best thing we can do for each other as humans is 
know you so well to ask you the right questions, not necessarily tell you how to live, not necessarily how to tell you what to do with your life, but to really ask the right questions. And how much more valuable is the, is a good friend that, you know, asks you the right questions um, in life. And like even tattoos, like for me, are a lot about that. It's yeah. posing the question, you know, like there's, you know, there's meaning in all, all kinds of these things, but like a lot of them are reminders to ask the right questions to myself. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, I agree. It's, it's really powerful. And I uh, kind of joke about it, but I, anytime a friend comes to me and they're like, dude, I had such a shitty day. Like the very first question I ask is, do you want advice or do you just want to bitch about it? Yeah. You know that's what I mean? Great. Like, can, is it something we want to fix or did you just have a shit day and you just need to get it out of your system? Like that, <clears throat> that's, that's step yeah, that's one expert friend stuff. Like that's, that's what makes you like uh, to that person, like probably one of the best friends they have because you are actually asking questions in those moments versus, well, here's what I think, you know, yeah, like maybe yeah, they do want to know what you think, but how would you, how would you can't, you can't just shove stuff down each other's throats. You got to, walk you know with mutual respect for each other and i think songwriting is for me you know songs that really speak to me there's a sort of like mutual respect um two-way street happening there yeah for sure and i i 100 percent agree and you know it obviously depends on what happened that day right like mm -hmm. i you know i ran out of gas like okay well that sucks but there's nothing we can do about that like move on but like oh i got written up at work or mm -hmm. you know whatever like okay let's we can dive into those things and correct or whatever mm -hmm. um if it's necessary but like you said it's i think it's the whole um you know my story doesn't doesn't fit your story all the time so mm -hmm. let's figure out how to to make these stories go side by side and support each other and be supporting cast members instead of trying to take over the leading role yeah quick example of that my friend FaceTime me yesterday and he I was like how are you doing man because I'm like holding my newborn so excited <laughs> to show him and he's like your baby looks beautiful I'll be honest I'm pretty torn up because I just found out my dad passed away and I wasn't that close with him and I'm trying to decide if I can fly out to the funeral but then also my family just got COVID so I'm trying to decide whether or not going to my dad's funeral who I wasn't close with because he wasn't in my life or do I you know is am I leaving my family to go to be absent to you know it's just like all that yeah. stuff as a friend if I go well here's what I think you should do you know it's like what the hell you know so I I think that as a songwriter it it feels like I'm always teetering on you know trying to impart some kind of wisdom from something that I've gone through in my life. And at the same time, being respectful of, of the listener to the degree where like, here's, here's questions to ask. Here's things that I'm thinking about. Here's music. Here's, here's a sick riff that I wrote yesterday or something, or I, I don't even know if it's sick, but, but, <laughs> but we're going to go with it, right. et cetera. Right. It, it, and, and just, and, and just being like from a songwriting perspective, like opening up these, I think that's why a lot of us listen to music. I know it's why a lot of reasons why I listen to music is I, I lean on the artists that surround me, the, the, 
the council of, you know, all these bands that I have in my life, in my head to open their things that I want to be opened, you know? So it's just like, yeah. you know, so I listen to soil work for a different reason than I listen to Megadeth and, you know, it's like all these, all these guys are here to do different things. And so, um, that's what, that's what we're shooting for too. Like here's, here's what we're working through. And if that sounds applicable to your life, then you can go as deep as you want. If you're also like, just, just here for like a pit stop and a soda like that, then we also have like a bunch of candy. So here's, here's like right. a bag of, here's a bag of Skittles, you know? So like, you should, you should have nutrition and sugar happening at the same time. Yeah, no, I, a hundred percent agree with you. And I think it's, <clears throat> it's really funny because I was just with a group of friends and we were talking about that same thing, like how I've got some friends that are so very much in their niche that they love of music. And I'm one of those people that like, I'll listen to just about fucking anything. I mean, uh -huh. country is dog shit, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know what yeah. I mean? Like I I've got variable uh, music taste and it's like, well, if I'm having a shit day, I know that I want to go listen to these three bands instead yep. because that's where my head goes. And it's, I just can't fathom being so stuck in one niche of music that I'm like, oh, I had a shit day. I'm going to go listen to the band that, that I listen to when I'm having a great day and working out. Like that doesn't mm -hmm. fix what I'm doing. Um, but, you know, to each their own, right? So, yeah. Um, the next thing I, I kind of wanted to talk about um, is one last song on the the album, and then I want to jump into the uh, the tour that you're doing with Demon Hunter yeah. real quick. But um, on the album, uh, Rival, again, we kind of touched on it. It's that face-to-face -face battle. Um, talk about, obviously, the placement. So I'm a big stickler about the first like three times that you listen to an album, it needs to be front to back because there's a reason that they're in that order. It tells the story. That first time is kind of that surface listen, figure out what's grabbing you. Second listen is start digging into lyrics. And third is where you can like live Critique in the space. It, yeah. 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 So uh, for you with Rival, putting it not as a final track, it's not the final battle necessarily. What was that intent behind that? <clears throat> yeah, well, I in this whole narrative, you know, and this whole sort of story album, um, we knew that there was supposed to be like a final battle, like a showdown thing. But in doing this sort of like, okay, when I went to go write that song, as it was plotted out for me, and um, I sat down to write that song, uh, and I, I just was like hit with this realization of like, well, if if I'm my own worst enemy and I'm standing in my own way, and bullies are like, full of empty promises there really isn't a battle like there's not like here we are afraid of fighting the bully but like nine times out of ten those are empty threats and so and so they're almost like they're almost like can't be like a giant battle like it almost has to be this access granted like now now that you know the secret you can pass type thing yeah and like that scene in lord of the rings where like they go they're going to pass through the mountain and they see the cryptic writing and they're able to like just walk through it like nothing like that's where i was like whoa so so i i wanted a song to kind of tackle that idea um and 
the the opening of that song is just setting the tone and the space for that encounter and kind of i just kind of let it unfold naturally and and we kind of as as geo was talking about percussion ideas like we just all we were all on the same page like from the second we kind of like opened the book on that one it was like whoa so like honestly from a from a like that was a weird song where I think all three of us, Ben, Gio, and I were just kind of like, almost like so calm writing it, but almost like two countries at war at a negotiation table, you yeah. know? And so yeah. like you, you, when you go into a negotiation room, like I, I I'll never be there hopefully, but like, Imagine going to a negotiation room between two countries at war. How strange, like I've heard stories, like I listen to a lot of special forces podcasts and they talk about firefights and how like in the air, something in the air changes before a firefight happens. And like, that's kind of what we were after with that song where it's like, you're getting goosebumps. You don't really, know what exactly is going to go down but something's going to go down yeah and so then then when you actually finally get there your enemy just goes and i'm motioning to the door you know right it's like you don't there is no the threat was empty there's almost this like now that you are facing me now you can go through me you know so that's why that that lyrics with the with the low growl and i thought it was i thought it would be cool to like the shadow self is like spoken from a like the deepest possible growl and the like oppressed self is like that mid to high shriek yell yeah there's the conversation happening between the two characters you know and so at the end is like now pass through me you know it's like this now pass through me over and over again pass through me you know Right. And it's like, not even, Hey, go over there. It's like, you like walk through me. So it's, it's pretty, it sounds all like woo woo and like super dramatic. But like, for me, that was, it was a turning point, I think in my life, like writing that song to go like, I think I just like walked, like, I think I'm on to the next stage of life now, like after writing that song. Yeah. And then remember was just like, like it was just like this sort of like celebration of like okay now you're in this bigger box (laughs) yeah 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 it's like the old uh you know like mario you you made it into the one castle but it just opens up world (laughs) two for you exactly yeah welcome welcome to a whole a whole new set of challenges but the celebration of that is that you're not you you get to live a whole new life you know once you exit that you get to live again and that's yeah that's why not yeah super dope uh so this uh tour coming up in september with demon hunter uh gonna be fucking gnarly uh yeah (laughs) talk a little bit about obviously you guys have been jonesing to hit the road right like jones post covid and just like ready to get out and do this uh obviously for you specifically now you've got the baby at home and it's like well shit i'm gonna be leaving but (laughs) uh, talk about like i guess the excitement you know demon hunter is is an insane band and you're gonna be able to get out for about 15 uh 
15 playing dates, give or take, mm -hmm. um, and hitting several different states. What's that kind of feel for you? It's the ultimate test. Like we're being like given the biggest opportunity of our musical careers here. And it's, it's like make or break shit or get off the pot. And like when, when we heard that we were going to get to do that and open for them, I mean, it was just like every DH show that I've been to is lines around the parking lot, you know, like, so getting to play at that level out of the gate is, is just, it's unreal. For me as a new parent, I thank God that I have the face of like my son in my mind and just like what I want to do with all of this is like show him what's possible and of like, okay, my old man rose to this really hard occasion. And so I, to me, it's about, it's about setting a tone and a legacy for like what, what's possible of anyone. And so I, yeah, that's, those are, those are big things to say, but like for us, we're literally, we're, we're a new band. Like we play local shows. Like we've got one at the end of July here um, at substation in Seattle. Like we love playing local shows. We love right. the 30, you know, 20, 30, 60 people like that, all that stuff's super fun when you're just like crammed in a room together and you're just throwing it down and everybody's just like raging, you know, but this is a, this is a whole new level. So we're stepping into the pro leagues and we could not be more excited. Yeah, no. And I think that's the, the thing for like anyone that doesn't realize kind of where you guys are at, you know, you kind of made that comment already about that next phase you know with the album yeah. it's taking that next step um you know like for for example um you guys are going to be at pierre's in fort wayne which is a show that i might be able to get to because it's only an hour and a half away uh so uh probably see you there but you know you're going from like you said 30 40 60 people to pierre's specifically has a 400 cap you know like now we're eight times as many people potentially as what we've been playing to mm -hmm. But, you know, there's something cool about that that I just learned. Um, I listened to a podcast with uh, with the guy that personally got Bin Laden, who was also wearing a Demon Hunter patch on his, on his yeah. kit when he went on that mission. And uh, I, I'm going to get the ranks wrong, but pretty much when they were loading up the helicopters to go on that mission, uh, he was talking about a movie. I should know the name of this movie, but he was pretty much saying uh, he was telling the SEAL teams that were getting in the, the, the copters to go do that. He's like, you know, cause they, they had built a one-to-one -one scale of Bin Laden's house and they had been running from 48 hours before takeoff. They had been running those drills over and over again, one, you know? And so, you know, he said, remember fellas, like just like playing basketball in a stadium like what's the height to the rim like 10 feet you know what's the distance between the it's the same free throw line it's the same height of the hoop just a bigger arena and so yeah i think what's cool about about going on tour is like i i was there with demon hunter at louder than life as a video guy 
when there was 40,000 in front of them. And I was with, and I was with Yogi on stage and we're just all of us shitting our pants, like looking out at this just sea of people. But when you realize like, no matter what you're trying to do in life, if you can do it at a small scale, you can do it at a large scale. It's the same free throw line. It's the same hoop. It's the same songs. Um, the arena is just 10 times larger this time. So we can't, yeah. we can't wait to like step out there and crush it. Like we, we know we can, it's just, those are the things that you tell yourself to get to, to, to step, to arise to those occasions and go, you know, this is, I know what it feels like to not be looking at drums while I'm playing. It's this, you know, we practice in our 15 by 15 foot by 20 foot studio. Like before we play a show, we practice not looking at each other. We turn all the right. instruments away. We don't look at each other. And so we were able to survive like on pure, like kinetic, um, kinetic energy um, coupling. Like a, like a lot of that stuff is just like built. It's, we train that way. So that, so it's just like same hope, same free throw line, bigger arena. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a really powerful statement that we can kind of uh, transition to the end here with is that, that like, you know, it's if you can do it on a small scale, the only thing holding you back from doing it on a large scale is yourself, like, take that chance and, you know, make that next step, climb that ladder. Awesome. Man. Awesome. So um, obviously, you've got that in September. What's for what you're allowed to talk about, because obviously record labels and, and PR people don't want to, you know, be mad at you. Uh, what does 2022 look like for you guys as far as future plans? Is there hints of things to come, basically? I'll just say that there's more on the way. Yeah. So I'm good with that. <laughs> we, you know, we're just getting started and it's a hell of a start. Uh, we're, we're thankful to be here, thankful to have these conversations. Um, but yeah, like we, we're just getting started. Yeah. Awesome. Um, last question before we do the, the traditional send off with all your socials and everything, uh, this question I've been asking a lot recently because I just came up with it not too long ago and I thought it was really cool. Uh, so for your album, obviously it's released now, but what's the song that you, it's a two part question. What's the song you think people are going to kind of latch on to and what's the song that you want people to latch on to i think people will latch on to betrayed because it's i think it's the catchiest out of all of them um i want people to latch on to shadows because i think that shadows asks the right questions that only you can answer for yourself Awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, traditional outro, man. Um, obviously I'll link all of your socials, but where can people find you online? What's the best way to interact with you guys? Things like that. Yeah, I would say follow I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's great. No, I love that. Um, I, I, I would love it if folks who are interested in what we're doing, um, follow us on Instagram. It's the easiest, um, way to stay up to date with what's happening with us. Um, you yeah. never know what we're going to post on stories. Um, could be could be anything like we post we like Ozzy Osbourne posted his like wedding photo the other day we reposted like stuff that inspires us 
like it like we some stuff we post is just like pure like this inspired us today you know yeah. um so at opponent band and that is again at opponent band on instagram follow us there um you won't miss a beat awesome man i appreciate your time i'll let you uh get back to the baby and you know take over duty so mom can get a little rest too well thanks so um, much yeah absolutely like i said we'll probably uh try to link up at at that Fort Wayne show and see what can happen, man. Yeah. I hope to see you there, Josh. Awesome. My Thanks in-laws so much, will man. be, my in-laws will be at that show. So I got to really okay. bring it for them. You know? Yeah, for sure. So if you see, if you see some folks with some like earplugs and earmuffs, that's, that's my in-laws. That's nice. probably them. Okay. <laughs> awesome, man. All right. I appreciate it so much and we'll Thanks, talk Josh. soon. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was my conversation with Andy of the band opponent. Um, as always, obviously, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Had a great time talking with him. Huge shout out to him for taking the time to have this conversation with me, especially with having a new baby. Like, you know, it's incredibly difficult to find a moment for yourself. And yet he found roughly an hour to give to me and... You know, that's just, that's huge. Um, not just giving it to me, though, because he gave it to you guys. You know, this conversation is for you guys, and, um, you know, I hope that you appreciate that. Obviously, I'm going to link all of his socials and things like that, you know, like I said there at the end, like I always do. Um, so be sure to go give the band a like, follow, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Um, and show them some support because, you know, they deserve it. Um, I think that, like I said, on this, this record is something for everyone. There's, there's a song somewhere on this record that you're going to relate to, that you're going to find power in, that you're going to, you know, just connect with. And it's a really incredible, uh, album and just opportunity. Um, Definitely looking forward to them setting out on tour. So that we, you know, kind of talked about. Um, that kicks off September the 9th and runs through September the 23rd. So if you are in uh, Illinois, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Indiana, North Carolina, Texas, or Florida, you're going to want to pay attention because that's where this tour is hitting. So uh, find a, you know, a venue that's close to you um, and, and go check them out. I personally am going to try to get to the show on the 16th of September up at Pierre's in Fort Wayne. So um, that would be super dope if anyone wants to, uh, you know, go out to that show and show that support and give high fives and you know all that fun shit we can do that uh that's everything guys that's everything for this week's episode um as always i want you guys to give like subscribes follows for my podcast um that you make the scene podcast as well as uh musicians for mental health um i am working on some new episodes for that one as well but, you know, I want you guys to understand that the reason that I constantly ask you guys to 
rate the show or you know go like and and comment and things like that on posts about it or episodes of it um, isn't for my own vanity it isn't to you know get me more money because being totally transparent with you guys I make zero dollars on the podcast uh, it is not monetized there's no money coming in uh, from the podcast directly that all comes from uh, merch sales and things like that so if you could jump over and buy some merch that'd be super dope too uh, but no you know it, it's really just about spreading the word of these bands you know you make the scene I've said this before you make the scene is really about the community right so whether you are just a casual listener um, a hardcore fan of a band if you're in the band anything like that it doesn't matter who you are in this scene you make the scene what it is so showing support and you know lifting each other up is the best way to uh, support the scene and make it grow so let's keep that going um, as always though you know I just want you guys to remember take care of yourselves take care of each other and you make the scene <laughs>